I think for I think for now we we can kind of quickly talk about what's been going on currently in preseason. I know there's been a, a lot of um, there's been a like a veil over information uh, coming out of uh, of a Toro's land. Like there's it's the information is scarce. For example, last week. Uh, last Saturday, the the Toros played uh, here in Houston. They played against uh, Houston Baptist University. Now, the only thing that was ever released about that game was um, by the Toros Academy uh, social media, their Twitter, their Facebook, and all they said was, you know, they were congratulating Brandon Morales for getting a goal and an assist against uh, the Huskies. From what we know, from what I was told, that match ended 5-0 in favor of the Toros. So, there's been an improvement on this team. Like I said, details are scarce. I don't know who scored the rest of the goals. Um, and like I mentioned, like I mentioned last week, that information is probably not, uh, isn't going to be released because of how many trialists are being uh, used right now by the Toros. What I didn't, uh, what I was told as well about this was that this RGBFC team that played against the Huskies actually had a couple of lower French Dynamo players with the Toros. Does that mean that Sam Junqua played? Um, uh, Chris, Dun uh, Chris uh, Dunwell? Or who is, what's the name of the other, the other. Uh, draft pick for the for the Dynamo. Oh gosh, that other draft pick. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head either. Yeah, that one's pretty tough. But but what do you think? Does that does that mean that we we'll that we that those players are already play, playing? From what this was told to me, you think those players are already playing with with the Toros? Well, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case, due to the fact that that's kind of how. Uh, the MLS Super Draft has really come into effect. Uh, I've listened to Sirius XMFC during that week, and they talked about how that Super Draft really comes into effect. It's not like an NBA or really an NFL draft where we need, let's say we need a center back. We can just grab one off the market that's going to be fantastic. No, you obviously need to train this player to be even much better so that he can even be ready for the MLS in that next step. I would not be shocked if he plays a good amount of games with the Toros this season. And if he's playing with the Toros already, that's fantastic. He's already getting that extra uh, step in the right direction, in my opinion. So if that works, then we're in for not only a good Houston Dynamo team, but a good or even a great Toros team. Yeah, definitely. I know from when we had uh, our first episode of the, of the year, when we had Coach Echeverry on, you know, he was talking about that even though he says, yeah, it has to be kind of a default mentality for a coach or for a team to say, hey, you know what, we, we're going to win the championship. To him, it's something that he wants to take seriously. Now, we see it last year how, how competitive he is, how serious he's taking, the, he's taking this team, trying to find, 
you know, make sure that the players are doing what they're supposed to do. You know, if a player is slacking, he'll like he'll tell them uh, like he, he he's he, he's not sure he won't sugarcoat it to his players. You know, he wants this team to be competitive. The question here is if the Dynamo is willing to give him a competitive team. Now, we know that last year was a rebuild. This year, a lot of the players that were here last year are back this year. However, my biggest concern right now is, and I've said it before in other episodes, but it's the midfield. We lost uh, Nico Perea, who was a starter for the Toros last year. We lost our captain, Todd Warden, to Portland Timbers, too. This year, we're seeing good things out of Romilio Hernandez, which is fine. You know, in preseason, you know, he's showing, he's showing that he's got what it takes to, to be a starter in the midfield so far. We need to see how he plays against another USL team this time so the perfect opportunity to see what he's what him and the trialist and everybody else is made of it's going to be this Saturday against the bold mm-hmm. because here we'll, with that match we'll have a better understanding of how prepared they are to play uh, in in the USL because yeah you can play well against you know um uh, dynamo uh, second third stringers Okay, they're MLS, yeah, but it's the beginning. It was the beginning of preseason. Both teams weren't gonna be, weren't gonna give it, uh, weren't gonna show one hundred percent what they're made of because their fitness is not there yet, and the format is was different. Three, uh, what was it, thirty minute sessions or something like that? Uh, depend uh, or whatever. It, so it's different. Now you're playing against UTRGV. Which I understand. It's something that happens every year. It's very useful to kind of loosen up their legs. Uh, but you don't under, like, like Coach said before, there's a big difference between how college plays and how professionals play. Our mm-hmm. first taste of professional soccer, even if it's preseason, but it's good, it'll be good preparation, is against Austin, the Austin Bold. Then... If I'm not mistaken, next week, you have to travel to San Antonio. To, uh, and you're going to be playing at, was it one in the afternoon in San Antonio? It's going to be in closed doors, which makes it a little better. Because you're not going to have the pressure from San Antonio fans. But, right after that, right next week, you have your, you have your season opener against Tacoma Defiance. So we only have two weeks to see how these trialists fare, which ones are going to get signed, which ones are going to get cut. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to, to see how the, all of that pans out. But so far, I, I think it's going to be in the beginning of the season, it's going to, the midfield's going to be a struggle trying to find who's going to pair well with Romilio. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's always an interesting thing to uh, to just really figure out who's going to be where 
what this team is really going to be able to be capable of. Once again, we only know so we only know so much of what we can get because obviously we haven't seen the closed doors game. The only game that I've really watched this year from RGVFC with this team was the UTRGV game. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a different atmosphere, or not really atmosphere, but it's just a different style of play because one is college and then another is pro. Pro, exactly. Well, I wouldn't really call it pro-pro, but it's close. <laughs> so, and, and so it brings you to what's going to happen to, obviously, the trialists because people get cut and things like you said. But now, of course, we're getting into this thing where it's kind of like a real season. You have, yes, you have Austin Boulder, you have San Antonio, and then you travel once again to Tacoma, which is someplace that actually the Toros haven't really been to, considering the fact that Seattle Sounders 2 played in Seattle for a bit. Um, I think last season, last season they managed to play in Tacoma. Um, because okay. last season they were still called Seattle Sounders 2, but they were already playing in Tacoma. They were okay. playing in that uh, baseball stadium. Okay, that's that's why they were playing there. Got you. And so, yeah. If I was Coach Echeverry, yes, I'd just be looking basically at the midfield. Who's going to really be able to pair up? Because if from what we're hearing is that we've got our attackers fine and then our defense is pretty, well, I wouldn't call it stacked, but we've got the players for the defense. Now, of course, yes, we might not know who's going to start at goal at the beginning of the season, but now we're just basically focusing on the midfield. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if I was Coach Javeri, I would, I would have rather had the San Antonio FC game open to the San Antonio FC fans due to the fact, well, that's a little bit more preparation for the regular season. Do these players have the composure to really just calm their nerves, even in the toughest of scenarios where they're being kind of hated on in a way? Yeah. Where they're being, yeah, I guess hated on is really. Where they're they're being. Yeah, heckled. There you go. Being heckled. They're being pressured to create mistakes, you know. Um, The thing is, is like, this isn't, this isn't something that RGVFC can control. This isn't something Coach Echeverry can control. San, San Antonio FC just decided, hey, you know what? I think we should focus our main rivalry to the Austin Bolt. Which makes sense. Because yeah. they're closer. They're, they're, there's, um, in their eyes, you know, the Austin Bolt is, is a closer fit to what they are than, uh, than uh, the Toros. In their eyes. Not saying that's true. Yes, because they'll never move up to the MLS, so. Harry, if you're listening, <laughs> so I mean the Toros will probably never move to the move up to the MLS too, but yeah, but neither hey. San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, <laughs> da- uh, thank you, pre-court. Um, so um, you weren't here last week, so quickly before we go on break, what were your thoughts on the match against UTRGV? 
Um, well, from what I could see, you, it was obviously kind of a boring match, as preseason matches are sometimes, because you're just figuring out things. Um, but from what I could see as well is that UTRG, or, well, RGVSC, they kind of missed some opportunities that they could get and kind of lacked on defense for some of, I guess, the first half, a.k.a. the first two periods. The third period, they kind of fell into their element a bit. And, of course, letting up a goal isn't great, but at the same exact time, they can obviously learn from that. You're not going to be perfect, especially given the fact that you're going to put in most of your bench warmers too because mm -hmm. guess what? They're trialists once again, just like you said before. You have those trialists, and so they haven't really played a lot, and it's going to be interesting. Of course, RGVSC, in my opinion, should have won that game fair and square in the fact, given the fact that UTRGV hadn't played a soccer game in over three or four months, yeah. which is more than, uh, I guess, RGVSC kind of. But, but over, overall, it was decent. I liked the coach's reaction from the game as well. He did say, yes, we just need to attack more, which, once again, that might be a problem. That might become a problem in tw the 2019 season. Hopefully that doesn't happen, as in RGVFC is able to score more. But that's one thing that I know that they've probably been working on up to the Austin Bull game. Now, you have to also keep into consideration this, is that from what, I've, from what I was told from uh, other people who were there at the match, uh, it seemed like Coach Echeverry kind of mixed up in uh, in each of the periods that they played. They kind of mixed up starters and trialists. Kind of get the get the trialists uh, acclimatized to playing alongside. Also, we didn't have Malik Foster. We didn't have... Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Kyle Adams was not at the UTRGV game, correct? Or was Correct, it? yes. Um, so we didn't have Kyle Malik Adams, Foster. I don't believe, was. But Connor Donovan was yes. and not suited up. Yes. So, Connor Donovan was not suited up. Kyle Adams was at the Dynamo. Malik Foster was with the Dynamo. And Nico Corti was with the Dynamo. <laughs> so, you're talking about three... Yeah. Three players in the defensive end that, um, that were not playing, that are starters, that are considered starters with RGVFC. So... It was a good opportunity for these trialists, for for these uh, younger players, to kind of to kind of get used to playing in the match at HV Park. I still don't think that we're seeing we'll be seeing the Taurus's full potential until we get these players back. Now, I can't say why, or I don't know why, Connor Donovan wasn't wasn't suited up. That uh, that's probably something that hasn't been announced publicly yet I don't know um, but I trust coach and this process that this team is going to do really good uh, come the beginning uh, of the season so um, when we okay Cisco he says he asked can y'all real quick run through the list of names in camp Cisco I'm going to disappoint you but the way USL works in regards to trialists for the most part, 
RGVFC is not allowed to uh, mention the names of trialists. They can mention the names of, of, pe- of players that have already been signed under USL contracts, but they cannot, but they cannot uh, uh, officially name uh, trialists. Now, there's some other teams that might kind of get away with it. I know I just saw uh, a tweet. Uh, I don't know what – I forgot what USL – oh, uh, Fresno. Fresno FC, they, uh, they gave their starting 11, and they mentioned the names of their trialists, and they kind of put like a T on them to no- denote that they're trialists. But I know RGVFC for the last years, ever since they, they started playing, uh, they ran they, they followed that rule, which is a USL mandate that trialists that have not yet signed with the team cannot be uh, cannot be named in, uh, for example, by, by social media or actually even with uh, start, starting eleven uh, papers that they give to the media. So I know it sucks. I'm don't agree with the usl in regards to that i but i do kind of get the point why because you because they're trialists you don't know if they're actually going to make it to the team or not so uh we're going to be going on a quick little break um because we're we should be having uh, uh maria uh, maida sorry maida olivares uh coming in oh that's actually that should actually be her so let's go ahead and skip the break and let's go straight into into this. <laughs> 